podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Miller, lovely cushion header. But you beauty! What a headshot! What a head! The time to Luis Garcia. Tries his luck. Well, hello there, and that music, yes, it means only one thing. It's Champions League time once again. It's quarterfinal time, and we're into the second leg. Liverpool going to Portugal with a 2-0 lead against Porto, and here we are. We're, it's it's preview time here on Anfield Index. I am your host, Andy Wales, and I am once again joined by uh, Football Radar's uh, football Portuguese football analyst, Jamie Farr. Jamie, welcome to the show again. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for joining us once more. Be interesting to get your take on things, and and also joining us again to uh, to look ahead to this uh, second leg is Anfield Index's Jay Reed. Jay, you were at the match yourself, weren't you? So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, how you thought, not only how you thought the game went, but what the atmosphere was like to be there. Yeah, I was myself last night. Um... It was a good atmosphere. European nights always are at Anfield, so it was a good game. I'm sure there's plenty for us to talk about across the next few hours, uh, hour or so. <laughs> next <laughs> Something hours. on a few. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> not hours. Don't worry, folks, and, and gags if you're listening. No, honestly, it won't be hours. <laughs> so, so Jamie, coming to you first, then. Um, it's certainly not like last year, uh, and we thought it would be closer. Uh, how did how did you see uh, things go then? Because um, <laughs> Although it was it was two 0 for Liverpool and there were other opportunities, uh, Porto did have their chances as well, and we had a few talking points. So, um, what were your thoughts overall on the match? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, obviously, um, clearly much closer in terms of the scoreline, but yeah, I think uh, Porto gave a pretty decent account of themselves. They, I don't think they were at their best. Um, a couple of sloppy errors here and there, but. Um, as you say, they created a few chances, had some chances, um, which, you know, uh, in particular, Morega wasn't quite at it um, in terms of his finishing. Um, yeah, and a couple, you know, the odd, uh, I think, you know, on another night, maybe a couple of decisions might have swayed the game a bit more. But I think in general, that's, um, you know, they can be pretty pleased uh, uh, with with the outcome certainly compared to last year, and you know two nils not insurmountable. I think we're obviously still massive massive favourites, but um, yeah, they've at least kept the tie alive for the second leg, so uh, that's a positive in itself. Yeah, and before this, before the first leg, you, you said you know that there was rumours of the possibility of Porto playing a back three. Uh, mm. On paper, it looked like it was starting with a four four two. Uh, any surprises in that? And do you think there was a particular reason why why the why uh, Conceição had set up to go in that that direction? Yeah, I think. Well, I think the key the key aspect was was whether uh, left back Alex Tellers would be past fit or not. 
Um, you know, I think he was a re- really huge doubt. I think it's a sort of tie that if it wasn't if it wasn't a Champions League court final, I, I think he might not have been risked, um, considering the nature of the the injury that he had. Um, but obviously, as they felt he was fit enough to play, that I think that were you know persuaded the manager to go something a bit closer to Porto's natural style, which is a bit more attacking. Um, as we were talking about for, um, for the first leg preview, um, you know, they're extremely unfamiliar with three at the back. So, uh, in that regard, I'm sure the fans and, and maybe even the manager was relieved that they didn't have to, to use that in the end. But, um, yeah, they, they seem to sort of, um, play with, a you know, a, a tilt towards 4-4-2 and, it, uh, you know, it could sort of seamlessly become a 4-3-3 as well. Um, which it seemed to at times with, um, play like Marek are able to play on the right wing as well. Uh, so they, I think they were a bit closer to, you know, their, their natural sort of tactical style. And, uh, it was all down to Tellers really. Um, whether he's come through that game okay, considering how much of a doubt. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, they were, I think they were a bit, um, not, not quite as defensive as I, as I thought they'd be, uh, um, thanks to the, that injury news. Yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly a big player. Um, I think possibly then, uh, he might, we, as we record this, it's, it's, you know, the day after the game. Uh, do you think, uh, possibly then he, he'll be rested at the weekend to try and keep him, uh, Wrapped in cotton wool, ready for the second leg. Then uh, it's possible, yeah. Um, but then again, you know, it's Porto um, in very similar situation to Liverpool domestically. You know, uh, so any any drop points at this point um, could be could be fatal for the, for the respective title um, ambitions. So you might just have to sort of, you know, they might have to sort of push him push him through because he's been. He's been one of Porto's best players this season and, and, and last season as well. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, no need to bring, he didn't come off in the end. So I guess that was a positive. Um, but, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll certainly be a bit, uh, a bit nervy of his, of his condition for sure. Mm. Uh, and Jay, so you, you were at the game. Uh, you mentioned the atmosphere was good. Um, Champions League quarterfinal, European nights at Anfield, they, they always feel a bit special. Uh, was this, would you say this was not, not quite on, atmosphere wise, not quite on, on some of the, you know, the semi finals and those big rival games? Do you, do you feel like there, there was almost like a, an air of expectation amongst the fans though that uh, Liverpool, you know, that, that sense of confidence that Liverpool will do this? Yeah, I think you've such right on it, exactly the point there. I mean, walking up to the ground last night, it seemed quiet in terms of actual traffic, in terms of getting to the ground and the amounts of people walking up to the ground. Now, I got in about 20 minutes before kickoff, and the cop was, at best, about a third full. The main stand was about half full. And I was like, I was wondering, had something happened? Was there a lack of people getting into the ground? But it soon filled up, and obviously, as soon as five, ten minutes before kickoff, the, the song started going and so on. But I think throughout the game, we just had a nonchalance, whether it was overconfidence or or the expectation that we should be pushing Porto aside and getting through. And credit to the Porto fans, they were 
consistent throughout the whole 90 minutes. They were loud, carried the songs through. Um, they didn't give up on the team. When they did actually get a foothold in the game, they were really, really loud and quiet. Made themselves known. And it was a, it was a, it was a good European night I feel it wasn't a vintage one that'll go down in the memory for a long time, but I think it, we've now, we've got this confidence about us as a fan base where we, we think we should be now putting poor subs to bed. And in reality, yes, we, we probably should, but we've also got to respect these sides and Porto come to Anfield a lot better equipped than what he did last year. Um, Jamie mentioned Alex Teller. I was, I was, I was impressed with him. Um, his turn of pace is, is frightening, really. I've not seen anyone put Mo Salah to the sword as much as he did. Um, especially in the first half, Salah tried to go around him a couple of times and he found him, um, up some, up to his game, really. He did give him a good run for his money and it left Salah rough sorting to come inside and into the traffic. Now we know he likes that, but that was obviously the defender's game pushing onto his inside where we've got traffic and bodies and, in the first half, especially, Salah did find a little bit of a tough game with Tellers, but second half, obviously, the game becomes stretched. He, he got a little bit more freedom along the right-hand side, but Porto did bring a much better game plan, and I was impressed with them, and the tie is far, far from over now at the moment, as it stands. Yeah, certainly far from over, certainly when you look at the scoreline. Um, with the with the good early start or two early goals, did did you think, oh, you know, we we could be on for for a good scoreline here? Then did you maybe not quite the five 0 of last year, but did did you think that the that uh, we we could go on to three, possibly four? Yeah, I sat down at half time and I said we we should be at least three to four to the good here, and we had the the better chances, uh, and we could have killed the tie. Um, but then second half, Porto come out and they give us a good go. Um, and we sat back and we, we invited the pressure on ourselves. And I think throughout the game, we did odd little mistakes um, across the midfield and the back line where we were letting the ball become sloppy and we were inviting the pressure. Um, so when you look at the whole context, if you, if you would have asked me before the game, would you take 2-0? Um, yeah, you would. Clean sheet. You've, they've got no away goals. Um, we would have liked to have a couple more and potentially rested up a bit more of the squad next next week when we do go out to Portugal. But as it stands, 2-0, it, it gives the confidence to the back lads as well. We've not kept a clean sheet for weeks. Um, so I think that'll help uh, massively going into, obviously, the weekend's game and next week in the away leg. So we've got nothing really to moan about. So it sets it up nicely. And I think it might actually be a blessing that It'll keep the players on the toes and keep the momentum going through the next few weeks of the season. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's a good point actually. And uh, Jamie, as I mentioned, you know, Liverpool got a couple of early goals, uh, had chances to to maybe score others, but but Porto had the chances as well. And coming out of the tie, I mean, you mentioned Morega perhaps not being uh, at his sharpest, and there was there was talk of him being ill, you know, with with a couple of the chances he had. But a couple of the big talking points coming out of the game, one of them in particular was the penalty shout. Um, where, where did you where did you fall on on that one with the uh, the incident involving Trent Alexander uh, Trent Alexander Arnold? Yeah, very intriguing one, uh, really, because I think uh, I think one of the most interesting things about it is is, is the context of of the night, so on, and, and the tournament as a whole, because. 
you know, we've seen these very controversial penalties um, that um, the Manchester clubs won in in this tournament. Um, uh, Aguero missing the one last last night. Um, and you know, to be to be honest, I'm, I couldn't really tell if the reason why he hadn't given the penalty was maybe he thought the ball had already gone out. I think I'm not sure. It's if it almost seemed like some of the Liverpool players were were making that case that it, um, you know Allison had already pushed it out. But you know, it it didn't feel overly dissimilar to to those um, those uh, penalties that United and City got. So you know, I don't necessarily, I don't really. Particularly agree with this new, um, this new ruling that um, UEFA seem to be implementing, where you know whether it's deliberate or not doesn't seem to as matter as much uh, matter as much um, as as it has done previously. So, um, you know, I'm 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 a bit torn on on it to be honest. Personally, I I don't think it should have been a penalty, but maybe maybe it should have been um, if if this new rule was followed, but. Um, it was a tight call and it was by no means uh, nailed on. Um, but yeah, a bit, a huge moment in the tie really. And, um, because yeah, the, the keeping a clean sheet for Liverpool is obviously, you know, almost one of, almost, uh, almost as important as taking a lead to Porto, I think. Um, and yeah, Morega didn't quite have his shooting boots on last night. So in that regard, you know, a couple of things did go against Porto, but, um, you know, performance-wise, it was it was a significant improvement for sure. Uh, what was the what was the reaction from Porto from from the Portuguese media towards that uh, penalty incident and the the tackle involving Mo Salah as well? Because uh, there was a tweet from uh, Ika Casillas, uh, you know, mentioned in the match, and then. Uh, Having two still images, one of the uh, the penalty shout, one of um, Salah studs going into uh, the the shin of was it Militao? Um, what was the reaction from Porto and Portugal to the, these two uh, questionable incidents? Then do do they feel that that Porto were maybe hard done by? Um, yeah, I I think so. I think there's a there's a you know, I think it's a Always this kind of reaction, really, especially these days, not necessarily um, specific to Porto. Finally enough, uh, on his social media, Casillas has a bit of, quite a bit of a habit of um, doing things like that. Uh, um, you know, if Benfica uh, have got a, a lucky decision in uh, in, a, in a completely separate match, he'll often um, post a bit of a cheeky image like that, and uh, you know, questioning um, uh, the referees that. Decision, but um, yeah, I you know I don't think um, you know I haven't seen t- too much reaction uh, yet. But uh, you know, I, I know the manager Conceição was. Um, I think you know he actually dodged the idea, uh, the the uh, issue of the refereeing. I think he just felt that uh, you know they did the Porto deserved a goal at some stage. But uh, in general, I think um, you know. I think it's 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 gone down quite well, and you know, Liverpool did. I think Liverpool did play quite well, nowhere near their best, um, but uh, you know, didn't really need to. I think there's a, just a, a general sort of optimism that the tie is the tie is not over, and um, you know, that a relief almost that they they'll be able to give them a game and and maybe 
maybe cause an upset in the second leg because it's 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 definitely possible, uh, probably unlikely, but uh, possible for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure many felt uh, felt that way after the uh, the the last leg, the uh, the last round, of the first leg against Roma as well. So yeah, no, nobody can take anything for granted. Um, Jay, what was the feeling within the stadium then? Was there a sense of nervousness on the penalty shout? Um, I, I don't know how much of a sight you got of it or what you've seen of it since. Uh, to be honest, nobody had a clue what was going on because we knew VAR was in action. And I think the first uh, incident that VAR was was highlighted for, the referee sort of stopped the game and it was a few murmurings between people. And then it popped up on the scoreboard, VAR check, and then there was an announcement to say there was a VAR check. I think that might have been for a penalty first half. And then the subsequent ones that went on throughout the game, we had no idea what was going on. The game just, the penalty one with Trent, I'll be honest, I was sat behind it, but I didn't see what the, what the shout was for. Um, and then the game just stopped for about 30 seconds. Nobody knew what was going on. And then there was no announcement to say there was a VAR check for the penalty. And then it dragged on for a little while and then it was left to play on. And then there was announcements about two minutes later that there was a VAR check for the penalty rejected. So obviously we all have separate views and fours and against with the VAR. And I thought last night, the first instance was, it took a while to come to the decision, yet we are going to VAR. And then once they did, the decision was made pretty swiftly. So there was the good and bad highlighted there, and um, that they could come to a decision pretty quick, but the decision to go to the referral took a while. So I liked the fact that it was getting a bit faster, but then later on in the game, we were none the wiser as to what was actually going on, and there was a couple of checks, um, especially with the Salah instance. Um, in real time, you could tell that he's he's overrun the ball and he was literally trying to get it to turn. However, anything in slow motion or still frame nowadays, it makes it look ten times worse and it does look like he's actually gone into to injure the lad, but I don't think obviously that's in Salah's nature. He's not ever been known for any sort of aggression and trying to get involved in the rough side of the game. If anything, he receives it more than most other players. So I don't think obviously he he come off shining of roses, but VAR needs to be cleared up. Obviously, it's going to come into the English game next season. So, around the ground, stuff like announcements via the the Tannoy system or via the screens, it needs to be cleared up. It needs to be made faster. Um, but it was just obviously a teething problem that we're all going to have to get used to. Um, the decisions, obviously, from a, from a Portuguese side of things, would look like they'd been hard done to. And if it was the shoe was on the other foot. We obviously we were screaming for penalties and for sendings off, but it, I guess it's a case of if luck goes your way, and sometimes when you are at home, you might get the rub of the green. Really, yeah, that's a lot of fair points there on VAR, and it's um, it's certainly a work in progress. So, Jamie, do you think Porto can really channel into any of these frustrations from any decisions? How that they might feel a little hard done by. But add into that as well their encouragement from this performance at Anfield uh, and take this into the second leg and 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 how how similar do you feel that uh, this this um, this round is to the last round you know against uh, against Roma where nobody expected 
Portrow to come back and progress, but they did. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they'll be they'll be optimistic. I think they can, you know, the the, the atmosphere at the Dragao is 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 a great one when it when it gets going. Um, you know, they've they've had big results at home um, over the past few years. Um, I remember a, f- a few years back at first leg, and they ultimately went out, but um, you know, they they. They gave uh, Bayern Munich a really good, really good game and, and beat them three-one at Dragao. So, um, you know, I think you know the team is capable, and I think that the, the fans will, you know, have a, a certain belief. Um, whilst you know um, there being an element of nothing to lose, but um, we've seen it in the competition as a whole as well. You know, Roma really upset the odds last season. Against Barcelona, I don't think um, I don't think there was anyone that saw that coming, um, and that was you know from 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 a worse position. Um, so yeah, I think um, in terms of the uh, any sort of refereeing injustices they they felt, um, I think feasibly they could they could use that. I mean, it's something that um, you know is it's it's a very hot topic in Portugal as well. As, the standard of refereeing and some of the decisions that go certain ways. Porto, you know, are one of the teams um, that are accused of getting a big team bias domestically as well. So, you know, I'm sure it's that there's no sort of massive feeling of in, in, injustice, if you like. You know, it's, it must be, I feel like maybe it's just regarded as part and parcel of, of the game, really. But, um, yeah, I think. If they can, you know, keep keep it tight and start fast uh, in the second leg, then you know, one one goal. If if they score the first goal, that's you know bound to 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 make Liverpool a bit nervous. So I think they'll they'll have that belief and and, and give it a, a real good go. And well, there's something for the for the second leg. I mean, we we talked about the atmosphere at Anfield and and how it's 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 so well known on European nights. It's so well famed for for being an incredible atmosphere. Um, can, can Liverpool expect the equivalent um, when they go to Portugal? Then is is it going to be an intense? Do you think it's going to be perhaps a slightly intimidating atmosphere? I'm not sure. It's it's sort of quite intimidating in the in the sense of um, you know uh, I think a lot of the some of the Turkish teams in particular reputations uh, over over the past few years as having sort of very intimidating uh, atmospheres in that regard um but it's certainly uh it's certainly a uh, very um you know a f- extremely passionate atmosphere lots of uh uh you know the tifos and lots of displays before the game and the fans are uh, in sort of strong voice and 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 sing and chant a lot during the game i think as um as as Jay was saying, uh, you know that that's what's sort of reflected by the, the away fans at Anfield last night. Um, yeah, and as I say, as 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 it's so different from last year in the sense that the tie is not finished after the first leg. I think you know Porto aren't uh, the, the fans and the team aren't you know they they're going to approach the, the game thinking they they will be able to cause an upset as as it is doable. Um, Liverpool still strong favourites, but um, yeah, I think they they have seen they must have taken enough encouragement out of the performance and about how 
certain events transpired to believe that you know an upset is is definitely plausible. Yeah, and in terms of the approach, then there w- there was no Pepe last night. Obviously, he was suspended. Uh, do you imagine he comes straight back into the team, and and how does that affect the setup? Do you think going into the second leg? Well, it's a tricky one, really, because I think one of Porto's best players last night was uh, was the centre back uh, Ede Militao, who's um, agreed a deal with Real Madrid already um, for next season. Um, he is very capable at right back as well. Um, and and can attack quite well um too so i think i think he probably i think pepe probably will come straight back in and and uh, and they'll move militao out to the right um it's it's possible you know the nature of the tie that they'll need to really attack that um uh the they've got a mexican winger and jesus corona he could um he could potentially move back to to right back if they want to go all out really but um maybe some it's, it's a bit of a cliche but maybe someone like pepe might might come straight back in not just because he's been a mostly a regular in the league but you know his his, his champions league experience is obviously almost unrivaled uh in, in terms of players left in the tournament but yeah i think uh you, you know the the way the tie is auto's natural game is to attack so having that um you know, having their hands tied to that regard, knowing that a draw or, or a narrow victory isn't good enough, might end up suiting them to a degree. Um, as we said, they went a little bit more attacking than I thought they would uh, at Anfield. Um, and, you know, whilst staying compact where they can, I think, you know, we'll expect, expect them to go even more attacking uh, for the return leg. Yeah, and with it being 2-0, I mean, if it was 3 or 4, then, then it's, I guess it's, well, I say if it's 3-0, you may be thinking you've got to go for it from the very first whistle. But with it being 2, obviously one goal means it's within your grasp. So yeah. is there that kind of sense of, well, we don't want to give anything away early on, get a grip on the game, and then kind of build into it and, and start attacking more and more as, as the game progresses rather than just going from, from the first from the first whistle and maybe leaving themselves open. Do you do you think that is there's a potential for, for Porto to take that kind of approach then second leg? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think yeah, it's probably as you say, it's probably too risky to go all out from the first first whistle. Um you know, and uh, they're a mature team and uh, lots of experienced players in there. So I think, uh, you know, if it, even if it reaches the hour mark or, or you know, that, that area and it's still, if, if they can keep that nil-nil, they won't panic too much because, you know, there's, they'll, they'll still feel there's plenty of time to, to cause an upset. The last thing, you know, they want to do is concede a silly early goal and leave them with the task of uh, scoring four, which you know, I think, I think it's pretty common knowledge. I think if if I think if Liverpool score uh, in Portugal, I think you know that's that's game over really. I, I really don't see them uh, conceding four on the night. So yeah, the the, the absolute name of the game will, will remain to keep Liverpool out and just stay in the game as long as it can. Um, and you know, yeah. Try and be a bit, bit more effective in front of goal and take the chances because, you know, there, there wasn't too many clear cut opportunities at Anfield last night, but there were, you know, there were certainly opportunities where 
Moraga might have, in particular, might have done a little bit better. So, um, yeah, I think they'll, I think they'll have a, a degree of confidence. But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's fascinatingly poised for, uh, for the second leg, which is, as, as I say, a nice change from, this, from the, from last year's edition. Yeah, and just in terms of approach that we, you'd normally expect to see from Porto at home, then, um, do they like to, to. Like open the pitch right up and, and use the use the width, you know, use the wide players to get get in behind fullbacks. Is what what kind of approach would you normally expect to see from Portugal when they're playing uh, from Porto when they're playing at home? Yeah, they uh, they use the wide areas very well. Um, you know, the fullbacks they tend to use are always extremely attacking. Uh, Tellers, who we've mentioned, um, but um, Maxi Pereira, if he plays right back, is. Uh, is uh, can be uh, very attacking as can Militao if he's selected there, um, and they've got very talented wide players uh, like Brahimi and uh, Corona. Otavio can play out wide too. Um, but the main thing, really, I, I guess, from Porto that they that they do so well at home in particular is is to, is to press. Um, and you know they'll look to to give Liverpool no time on the ball and 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 try and you know. Close down the, the, the centre backs, and that, that's where that's one of the areas where Morega can be so effective as well because he's got incredible energy and 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 stamina and and pace. So yeah, I think they'll look to really um, press on Liverpool, put them under pressure, um, and uh, yeah, you know, use use the wide areas to, to their advantage if they can. I imagine they would go. Closer to a traditional 4-4-2. Um, having Herrera back for the second leg, you know, any injury permitting is, is, is a big positive as well, as well as uh, having Pepe. Um, and I haven't checked this. I don't think they picked up any, uh, suspensions for the second leg. I think they had a few key players at risk, but, uh, I don't think they, they got any, um, harmful, uh, yellows on, on the night. So, yeah, I think uh, if they go at it full strength and, uh, and, a, and a full and uh, atmospheric ground, then you know there'll be belief for sure. But um, yeah, there's there's kind of nothing to lose, which which also helps. So yeah, I'm looking forward to w- watching the second leg. Yes, so so am I. Uh, Jay, coming across to you then, two nil leads. Sometimes I know it's a bit of a cliche, but sometimes it can be a bit of a dangerous lead because you can kind of get caught. Um, Caught in between two different approaches, you know, do you just hang on and, and it's when it's not your natural game, or or do you kind of go attacking because you you naturally play attacking and maybe leave yourselves open to conceding a goal and then nerves start to set in? Um, how, how do you expect Liverpool to approach this second leg? Yeah, it's a it's a tough one too now, um, and again the cliche the first goal in the game is crucial because if it goes to Porto then. The crowd are going to be up. The confidence is going to be flying, and they only need one more to tie level with us. And then, obviously, it's game on. And we all saw what they did, as Jamie mentioned in the last round against Rome, and in taking it to extra time. Um, and that'll be probably one of their aims: is try and get us into extra time and get the crowd behind them and do it. You could say the hard way, but you know, play the long game. Um, but also, as also mentioned, if we get the first goal, it kind of probably kills the tie to an extent. Um, so, 
I think next week we'll go with a setup which is which is probably a bit more conservative in terms of the midfield approach. Um, as good as Keita was last night, I don't think he'll feature next week from the start. And obviously with Andy Robertson coming back in at left back, um, it'll free up James Milner to potentially go into the midfield positions. And I can probably see a, a midfield free of Fabinho, Henderson and another being either Wijnaldum or Milner. Um, I probably think he'll sway towards James Milner purely for experience and the fact he will fill in either side of fullback. Um, one thing I did think we had last night was a lot of space out wide. As obviously Jamie mentioned, Porto liked to play with wingers and try and stretch the pitch. But I thought last night Trent and Milner got plenty of space down the wing, especially in the first half. Um, and had we had Andy Robertson available, someone who was more natural on the left-hand side. Uh, I think we would have got a couple more chances in the game. So that should obviously give us an incentive to go there next week with potential to look for spaces if Porto are going to come out to the tacklers. Um, I think we we might go back to Matip. Um, I don't know if last night was purely because he had a knock from the weekend that Lovren featured or whether it was... As Klopp said early on, the fact that we've got Lovren fit and he wanted to give him some game time, um, plus to try and match up with Marega's physicality. Um, we know Lovren is slightly better in the air than Matip, um, but he did make a few mistakes yesterday. He was a bit sloppy in possession. Um, he got caught on his heels a couple of times, but it's nothing uh, we're not used to, really. I think we will go there probably with the same mindset of what we went to Bayern Munich with, we once we get the goal, the game is fully in our hands then. And should the opposition team come out at us, we're fully equipped. We're probably the best equipped team in Europe or feared team as well. On the counter attack, nobody wants to have our front three running the day, back three or four. And for me, should Pepe come back in? I think Roberto Firmino especially will love that because his movements will drag Pepe all over the pitch. Um, I thought last night Firmino was probably mad at the match. He was he was all over the pitch. He he was dragging defenders left, right, and centre. So I think he'll he'll relish the fact that he can get an aging defender to to follow on the bout and try and free up some spaces in behind for Manny and Salah to run into. Really, so it, it's a, it's a nicely poised tie. It it's good that it keeps it alive because there's something there for for both sides to go in into the game and feel confident about. So it, it's good that we have actually got a tie on the other side. It's something that we would have liked to have wrapped up, but that's football, really. It's, it's nice to see that teams like Porto are becoming a bit more competitive season on season. As you said, compared to last year, it was a it was a one way game, and it was it was over by the first leg. Yeah, I think uh, I think something you mentioned there, you know, the the approach to the second leg in Bayern, that that kind of um, maturity. That was shown. I think it's been a hallmark of the Liverpool team this season. There's an increased level of maturity, and like you talk about, you know, the the ability to counterattack teams probably is as good, if not better, than anybody in Europe. Uh, would certainly give Liverpool um, the right to feel quite confident and and assured that uh, that they can navigate this tie. But it's I think something you've mentioned there it could be a key thing here in that at two nil. You know, it, this tie is far from over. It's still, it's still in the balance. It's certainly not like last year 
and it's probably to the benefit for Liverpool, like you have mentioned as well, because in in the in the midst of a title race, what Liverpool don't really need is is, is a tie where or a game, sorry, where they go into it where it's five, it's like five nil, and they can almost switch off and coast, and then them kind of levels you switch off from them peak levels, then do you struggle to then get back onto it? So do you think in a in a kind of perverse way that only only being 2-0 and it's still being in the balance is exactly what Liverpool need with the title race in mind as well, that they need every game to be so competitive that they've got to be fully, fully on it from the very first whistle going into it. Yeah, I think as a fan base, we all, we all know that we play better when we're actually playing twice a week and we've got our, our game switched on and Every game there's something to play for. All right, in the last few weeks in the league, it's been a little bit nervy and edgy, but we've got the job done. We've been professional. We haven't given up. We've we've remained calm. We've gone to the end. We've got a few late goals in games, but that's also the, the hallmark of a good team that we we keep on going and we don't panic. Um, we've matured a lot under Klopp, especially um, if you take it back from a few years ago when we we went to Seville. In the semi, it played Seville, sorry, in the semi, in the final of the Europa League. And we got the early goal through Studge and then we, we fell apart. And as soon as Seville put pressure on us, we were, we were a bag of, bag of nerves. We were all over the place and we, we panicked. And I think that, that in turn is a lot down to the, the spine that we brought through the team with, with Alisson, Van Dyke and Fabinho that they run down the middle of the team and they ooze confidence and maturity. And they settle a lot of nerves with the players around them. So yeah, go, going into next week, yeah, it does give give us something to go there with confidence, but also with a bit of concentration that we we can we can't give them anything, especially not early in the game. Like any team at home, no matter who you are, what level you play at, if you get a goal early on and you're the home team, your confidence levels go up another ten, fifteen percent. So we've got to remain mature throughout the game. I think Klopp would say we'll we'll go a bit more conservative in the midfield just to try and keep it a bit tighter. But we then do have the weapons in our armory on the bench that we can we can change a game. And I think we'd like to probably go go over there and get a goal in the first half, um, whether it's to go level with Porto and if it's one all going into half time, that's probably the perfect result for us into the in the Portugal uh, fixture that we go in one all a half time would be perfectly fine because they would need to come out and attack us in the second half and score three and then as as mentioned it plays into our hands that we could we could sit on the counter attack and their fear of not leaving the back door open and trying to push for goals would play into our hands. So I I feel quietly confident that we'll go over there and we will get the job done over the over the tie really. Yeah, it's understandable. So uh I mean that that's us out of time but um but Jamie as we've discussed it, you know, there's that there's so much to play for from from both teams' perspective. Um, the tie's far from over as it as it was last year. Uh, plenty of encouragement there for Porto. They've got the home advantage in the second leg this time. So um, I've got to put you on the spot. What what do you expect uh, to uh, to happen then? Uh, if I'm I'm looking for a, a score prediction here. Well, I just think. Um... As I was saying earlier, to be honest, I just I find it difficult to to see Liverpool not scoring. Which you know, I think the way the tie is poised and with the the away goals rule, you know, one goal 
will, will almost certainly kill the tie. I think it'll be close. I think I think maybe I'm sort of between a one-one draw and maybe maybe a two-one uh, Liverpool win. Um, I just think I think Liverpool is just so strong um, these days, and uh, you know the fact that they've made it close is 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 almost an achievement in itself for, for Porto. I just hope it's close again and it's and it's hard fought and and you know Liverpool are made to work for it, but. Um, Keeping them out is going to be next to impossible, I think. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think ultimately it will still be relatively comfortable um, for Liverpool overall. Okay, and and Jamie, uh, if any of the listeners um, like the like your uh, your analysis that you've been uh, been offering us here over these two previews, uh, whereabouts can they catch you on social media? Uh, yeah, you can follow me um, at fr football Jamie. That's uh, Portuguese spelling of football, um, F-U-T-E-B-O-L. Yeah, and uh, uh, offer up uh, occasional musings on um, all things Portuguese. Excellent. Um, we thank you for joining us. Nice one. Thanks for having me. Yeah, our pleasure indeed. Uh, and Jay, from you then, you, you said you felt quietly confident. Um, what, what, what do you think this score is going to be in the second leg? Uh, personally, I think we'll we'll probably come out with a two-one victory. Um, Porto obviously are going to come out at us, um, but I think on the counter we'll we'll nick a goal, and I think we'll put the the dampeners on them. And then going into the second half, if they've if if they've got a goal to to the name of, I think the for pride and and just passion for the crowd, they'll 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 have a little go at us, and we'll we'll probably nick one more on the counter attack. Um, and in that regard, it'll be, it'll be tied the game up on around 60, 70 minutes. It'd be nice to see, as last night, he could bring a couple of the lads off and give them a little bit of a breather um, going into the last few weeks of the season. And obviously, if we, we progress on into the next round, we'd, we'd be nice to have some fresh legs, really. Yeah. Uh, and and same for yourself, you know, if, uh, any, if anyone, any of the listeners not following already, where can they catch you? Yeah, be on Twitter at uh, at Jay Reed nineteen eighty seven. If you go on, you will find a rarity of a positive tweet about Jordan Anderson from last night. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a golden nugget from me. Um, I, I don't really give the lad a lot of credit, but fair play to me. But he was pretty pretty uh, good last night. He he was in a different role, so that, that that's the the Jordan Anderson I like to see where he was. The responsibilities taken away from him, but. If you're not uh, find me on there, then I'm usually featured on the Fantasy Football Pod, which, uh, to my disdain, I'm not very good at this season. Um, I fell away measly in the last few weeks, but I'm only mainly featured on that with uh, Guy and a few other lads on Anfield Index. Yeah, well, and let's hope Liverpool don't uh, don't fall away in, in the last few weeks as well. Uh, and, as, and as always, um, as, as tradition denotes and my superstition uh, also uh, takes hold, I, I do say I hope we uh, we join you in the next round uh, in the semi-final against either Barcelona or Manchester United. Uh, despite um, uh, Jay's confidence and uh, me believing Liverpool should certainly do this, I, uh, I do not take anything for granted. So uh, that is it for this edition of the Champions League preview podcast here on uh, Anfield Index. I've been your host, Andy Wales, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll have a semi final to talk about very soon. Bye bye now. We want to fight, we want to fight,
Social Podcast Network.